Well, hey there, everyone. I'm Chris. I'm one of the pastors at Cornerstone Church Wirral in Merseyside, and I'm joined by Josh Walsh, the lead pastor at Cornerstone Wirral. And today we're starting something new, something that God willing will be useful to us as members of uh, Cornerstone Church Wirral and anyone else who might be listening along as well. Uh, We want this podcast to be an extension of the ministry that we already do at Cornerstone Wirral in order to encourage you and to equip you as members of the church while you're on the mission of Jesus in the world around you. And so we want to invite you into the conversation as we discuss relevant and current topics that will hopefully equip the church as well as share stories and hear from others uh, so that we can encourage you to step into all that God has before us. Now, Josh, we've called this podcast just one more thing. Um, why have we done that? Well, we actually put out the tender for people to make suggestions of a potential name. And this title really originated just from an idea of behind this podcast, which is the very much to think on a Sunday. Some people know that I like to preach and I love to preach and I can often feel like I preach for quite a long time. But it's because there's so much good stuff in God's word that we're passionate about sharing and wanting people to know. Often you will find if you're in the sermon process with me in the week that I've got so much content and there's so much content I need to leave out to stop it being two hours long compared to whatever it is on a Sunday. So we call this one more, just one more thing. Almost that sense of a conversation of, well, I've got you. What's that one more thing I would have loved to have shared on Sunday that I didn't get a chance to share? Or perhaps just one more thing, a question you've asked, a question has been asked across the life of the church. We can just be able to give that to you in another soundbite through this method now. Yeah, it's exciting, isn't it, to be able to have that almost almost like a fly in the wall or or someone in uh, in the table next to us at a coffee shop. They're just able to listen in to some of those those questions that are being asked and, and being answered. And uh, hopefully, uh, as we as we say, God willing, be able to equip you as listeners, as members of the church, uh, to be able to go out into the mission that you have. Um, now, we are starting a sermon series. We're kind of at the start of January 2023. We're starting a new sermon series in Nehemiah. And nearly every time that we launch a new sermon series, someone comes up to me and I'm sure they come up to you and they ask, how do you come up with the ideas for what you preach in a sermon series? You ever had that question? I have had that question. And I think my response is several things, really. I think we have to recognize firstly that God's word is inspired, it is authoritative, it is living and active, and it is relevant and speaking to us all the time. So in many ways, we could pick a book of the Bible and it'll be right. Yeah. Because God's word is active, it's living, it's inerrant, and it will always be relevant to the times that we are. But I think the role of us as elders is that we need to be prayerfully sensitive to God's leading and guiding to the direction of the church and the health of the church, and also sensitive to the members of the church, the life of the church, what's going on, what's the current issues, what's actually happening around us, but also the stage and the age of the church, um, how we can ensure that what we're preaching is both led by God and also helpful to the people at the time. And as well, what's going on around us in the world, how we can speak into that as well. So those are kind of frameworks that are going on. So as elders, we've been praying over the last year about a number of things and including this, like what does this year look like? What is God's word saying to us? What is relevant? What is current? And what's going to be helpful in shaping us? And that's how we ended up with Nehemiah. And how do we come through with other sermon series that we've gone in the past? So I'm I'm thinking through the the past three years. So I've just answered this question um, to someone and just on a recent Sunday, and I was thinking through over the past three years, the sermons that we, and the sermon series that we have gone through. 
and and how they have been so formative at the time in which they were they were preached. But sometimes we didn't foresee that they would be as formative as they were. Um, how do we how do we kind of navigate that that changing tide of circumstances in the world around us? So particularly for me, one of my favorite sermon series in recent years has been the Sermon on the Mount, uh, which we started at the really at the beginning of lockdown in COVID in 2020. Uh, and while everyone else in the world was almost focusing on trying to survive, we were doing a sermon series that was speaking that Jesus was speaking to us about how to flourish. Um, and it wasn't because of COVID that we went into that series, but yet it was through COVID that almost it spoke a little bit more to the heart of where we were, uh, maybe by ourselves at home, but yet still able to flourish through what what Christ was talking to us. What kind of what kind of things have helped us navigate where we're kind of going in those sermon series, the trajectories of where we're going with those sermon series? Yeah, I think I think you're talking about there. This, this, the circumstances are ever changing, and and all, and how do we how do we navigate that? Well, I think the first place we start as a church is that God's word is the rudder; it is the anchor to the to the church, uh, and so therefore we don't come from our with our circumstances looking for something in God's word to speak into them. Rather, we allow God's word to shape and be the lens through which we view our circumstances. And so I think as we've navigated that over the years, like the Sermon on the Mount series was planned before COVID was really a thing and particularly lockdowns was even talked about or in existence. And so the Sermon on the Mount series came out of the fact that we were seeing and hearing in our world around us that everybody's trying to define what is humanity? What does it mean to be a human? What does it mean to flourish as humanity? That's what we get in our culture, day-to-day, news feeds, everything. So we wanted to say, well, from God's word, this is what it means to flourish. This is what it truly means as the church to flourish and have true life. And so that's where I came from. So I, I think, I think yes, there's been times when we've planned a series knowing that it would be very relevant and it would be very formative. And then there's been times when we've been preaching a series without realizing how formative it mm. would be and how God would use it. For example, before COVID uh, really kicked in, we were preaching through Esther. Yeah. And Esther's all about the sovereignty of God, um, see, knowing that God is work, even though we may not see him at work. And so we went into COVID with a very deep, real understanding of the sovereignty of God so that we went into COVID lockdown knowing he was in control. And then we went into lockdown learning what it means to actually flourish that actually while our, uh, everything we're used to, the comforts of life were robbed from us, we knew that those things aren't the things that cause us to flourish as humanity. What causes us to flourish as the people of God is relating to God and knowing him and being known by him. Yeah. And so I think that's why as we navigated COVID through all the difficult circumstances many people had and t- at the time, we saw time and time again that God's word is the anchor to this church, to each member of the church to every one of us. And that is the thing that keeps us safe in the midst of storms and trials and circumstances that change. That's our robust conviction as a church. Yeah. Amen to that. Amen to that. As we look through those series, as we think back to them, sometimes we we focus on, on books of the Bible. And sometimes we, we focus on maybe some topics. So particularly in the autumn season, we always focus on our core values as a church. Um, and grind those in in scripture, uh, so more topical in in nature. Um, there's a mishmash between a little bit of the Old Testament and a little bit of the New Testament. Do we have a plan in place? How do we come about that? Do we just pick and choose what we want? 
Well, well, I think again, that's a lot of our framework behind thinking that through as elders is that we we're convinced that the whole of scripture is living, active, relevant, affordive. So, you know, it's always going to speak into, uh, but also it's the time, it's the prayerful dependence, seeking the Lord in that. So it's a very uh, God-driven, spirit-led thing that reaches helps us reach those conclusions off that. I think there is a framework of understanding a healthy diet of God's word for God's people. So therefore, that's why we have a really good mix, I think, of Old Testament, New Testament, and topical series. So I think I don't view things over the course of a month for us as a church. I kind of reflect over the course of three years, as you just said, that's a helpful reflection. Yeah. And as we look back over the course of the last three years, we can see we've had a really healthy diet, Old Testament, Old Testament narrative, uh, New Testament, both the gospels and the epistles and Revelation. Uh, we've had a really healthy uh, look at topical series. You know, when you think about what we did, knowing God, focusing on a couple of verses in Exodus 34, uh, as well as the metaphors of the church, uh, which really helps us form us as a church, but then also the tensions, looking at uh, the tensions in scripture. So so I think as we reflect over the last three years, I think there has been a healthy diet. And I think that's true. We want to have a healthy diet as God's people. We all know, thinking about our physical diets, that if we just eat dessert all the time, it's not going to go well for us. We're not going to be very healthy. That can't be true. Somebody told me it's true. Oh. Um, but we, yeah, so we... We know that's not going to go well for us. So if we were always a church that always focused in on end times eschatology, we're not going to be very healthy as a church. If we only ever focused in on Old Testament and the prophets, particularly, we're not going to be healthy as a church. We, we need to have a broad sweep, but also hopefully everybody knows that we, every sermon gets to Jesus because he is what scriptures are pointing. You think of the end of Luke's gospel. Uh, that Jesus says that all of the teachings were pointing to him, starting with Moses and the prophets and, uh, and and all of that. And actually, so therefore our our sermons need to reflect that. So week to week, while we might be in an Old Testament narrative, while we might be in Revelation or wherever we might be, because every scripture is pointing to Jesus, therefore we always get to Jesus in that point. And some people think, well, you only get to Jesus if you're in a gospel. And I was like, well, no, we see types and shadows and foretastes of Jesus all through the Bible. And that's why we always get to Jesus in every sermon. Yeah, I was just reading uh, 2 Timothy, a really famous passage in chapter 3, where, where Paul tells Timothy to continue in those sacred writings and that he knew from childhood. Uh, and he says this, uh, they are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. So they're able to make you wise for salvation. Those sacred writings that at the time that Paul was writing to Timothy was actually going to be the Old Testament writings. Uh, the gospels, most of the gospels hadn't been written, but they were known in oral form. Um, and, and many of the letters um, had been written and passed around the churches, but the, the sacred writings were the Old Testament, and yet they were able to make people wise for salvation in Christ Jesus. And so anytime that we go into the Old Testament, we're always going to be pointing to Jesus because they're all, they're all about our need of Christ, our dependence on Christ, our need of salvation. And that's, that's amazing. And whenever that doesn't happen, there's something wrong. We've missed the mark. We've missed the point. And so hopefully as, as we've navigated through many of those Old Testament books and narratives, we've been able to see Jesus and, and have him magnified in our hearts and in our minds and have our lives transformed 
by him. Uh, what about you guys as listeners? What has been maybe your favorite sermon series at Cornerstone in recent years? Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Let's make this interactive, almost as though you're in the room with us uh, sharing your stories. Uh, what's been impactful in your life and why? Uh, send us an email. Uh, why don't you send me an email, chris at cornerstonechurchworld.org. Uh, there is nothing more encouraging than seeing how God's word has affected and shaped the lives of his children. So we want to hear that. We want to be able to share that with one another and, and do that. Uh, but we're starting into Nehemiah. Uh, for the next few months, uh, I got to preach through uh, Ezra as the prequel to Nehemiah just um, last Sunday uh, to help our congregation get to kind of get to speed before we embark on the story of Nehemiah himself. Uh, but why Nehemiah? Why at this time in this season are we going through Nehemiah? Yeah, and so I think that started in our conversations way back last January. So last January, we came to the members of the church. We we came with some uh, some things that we believed the Lord was putting on our hearts as elders, a direction that we believed he was leading us in. And we were therefore thinking about organizing uh, as the people of God here on Wirral in a particular way that would help us display his glory, live for his glory more, to grow in relationship with him, depth of communion with him, but then also in a way that would allow us to be zealously and fervently on mission. And I think upon reflections of this past year, we've learned lots of lessons. Uh, for There's been lots of really positive things in that, and there's been some challenges along the way. But I think all in all, as we reflect on this past year, we're massively encouraged to see growth and maturity that has come out of those tough decisions that were made, uh, difficult decisions that were made. But there's been a real sense of unity around those and a real sense of maturity from those. So we can praise God for that. But Nehemiah, I think, came to us over the course of last year in the sense of Nehemiah is a book right at the end of the Old Testament. It's all about a humble servant of God who lives with a high view of God of who God is and with a with an understanding of, of himself and the redemption story of God. So he understands who God is and he understands what God's story and he understands who he is in the midst of that. And I think because of that, we see God's going to work through Nehemiah. Nehemiah is a bit like Nehemiah's own journal of what happened during those times. And I think what we see is how God works through humble servants as he shapes and brings to fruition his redemptive plan in and through his people. And so as we saw that, there's the, that's what we want to be. We want to be humble servants of the Lord Jesus Christ, who strive for holiness, who strive for a hunger with, uh, for the Lord and uh, for the Lord to work. That's our heart uh, this year. But also we want to see uh, God use us to further his redemptive plan, which is the salvation of the lost across the world. That's where the Lord has us. And I think through the book of Nehemiah, we see God call Nehemiah and send Nehemiah to Jerusalem to be part of seeing the physical walls rebuilt of the city. But we would be mistaken if we thought it was purely a physical building project. What God's really doing is that he is reforming his people, renewing them, that they would worship him, rebuilding them up as the people of God. Remember, they've been fragmented, they've been in exile, they've been far away from the place of God, which was Jerusalem at that time. And he's restoring them to himself. Uh, they've not lived in the place where the temple was. And so therefore, he, through the book of Nehemiah, we will see him rebuild, restore, renew his people. And that's what we're praying. 
we're praying in light of where we've been over the last 10 years. It's been a remarkable journey of God's grace to us as a church. I think it's, it must've been last week, I imagine, was a 10 year anniversary of myself, Annie, Lee and Jen and Hannah sat in our living room praying that the Lord would maybe do something here on Merle. And here we are 10 years later. And so we, we recognize that we've, we've been in a season of planting uh, this church and establishing this church. And now that we are established as a church, we have to pray, well, what's the next 10 years look like? What's the next 40 years look like? And I think Nehemiah is going to be formative and that is going to help us organize. It's going to help us think through how is it we do this. But I think the first place we start is what are the ingredients that we're going to need to go through uh, for God to do that? Remember, our goal as a church isn't merely to see uh, a, a large church or merely to see churches planted. Our goal is our goal is to grow in our communion relationship with the Lord for his glory and experience his glory. And the overflow will be those other things that comes down the line. And I think in Nehemiah, we're going to see some particular um, topics um, that are really going to help us, that are drawn out from, from the scriptures, particularly around prayer, uh, repentance, uh, walking as the people of God, how we face opposition, obstacles, uh, how we overcome challenges to unity and the direction of the mission and how, how God's word is central to that. So I think I want to see there's so many themes that come out that are going to be really formative for us individually and as a people collectively that are really going to help us as we move forward into this year to see what the Lord might do amongst us. Often whenever I've seen uh, Nehemiah being preached in other churches, the, the focus has been primarily on a kind of Nehemiah, be a Nehemiah kind of leader um, and, and build your church like Nehemiah. Is, is that kind of a, a rhetoric that we're going to see over these next few weeks and months? No, not really, because that would have a narrow view on the book we see the book as part of God's redemptive plan of history. So therefore what we're actually going to see is how Nehemiah falls short yeah. <laughs> and how Christ is the true and better Nehemiah. We're going to see how the people of God then, uh, though they were able to see some progress and overcome obstacles that, that ultimately they fall short because they needed the spirit to come mm. to ultimately reform them. So Nehemiah points us ahead to Jesus, the true and better Nehemiah and the people of God, Israel at the time point us ahead to when, we needed Christ to die for the church and for the spirit to fall on the church, to fill them in and dwell them, to be unified around that. So we're actually going to see a lot more relevance uh, to our context now as we move through Nehemiah than the merely narrow uh, yeah, building project mm. or leadership guru Nehemiah, uh, which I think some people read into rather than find there. Yes, of course, there are characteristics and uh, markers that we will see. Uh, we're going to see straight up, straight up in week one, uh, how Nehemiah responds to the crisis uh, that he found, that, of the news that he hears. Uh, and so we're going to see, well, how do we respond to crises? Uh, like what is the crisis today that we're talking about and how should we respond to this people? So of course we're going to learn because it's a narrative, um, but hopefully we don't have just a narrow view on that and we'll allow uh, God's word to speak to us rather than us read things into God's word. It's really exciting. I'm, like in, in our preparations over the past few weeks and the conversations that we've had in preparing the, the sermon series, um, it, it's been really exciting to see what God is doing, um, seeing some of the things that are happening around us almost be formative again 
uh, for this series as we embark on it. Let me ask you this question. Um, a fly in the wall, conversations for the future. Beyond Nehemiah, do we have any idea where we're going in terms of sermon series? Yeah. Where do you think we should be going <laughs> in terms of sermon series? What, what might be some of the, the places that we might find ourselves in in the next year as a church? Well, again, like we, we, I often have um, two to three thoughts in my mind, like coming into a year like 2023, we've got two or three thoughts. I'm kind of like, okay, I think that might be helpful this year. That might be helpful. Some things we might find ourselves in are um, we may find ourselves in John's gospel for an extended period of time. Uh, we may find ourselves in the book of Ecclesiastes, um, which I would be quite excited to preach. I think we live in a culture in a time where the world is looking to, to the things of the world, relationships in the world to find satisfaction, hope and meaning. And actually that I would say we on world are prone to also be tempted to pursue and also believe, bring hope, meaning and satisfaction. And my prayer and why I think Ecclesiastes might be helpful is that we as the people of God are called to be distinct different to the world. We're not to look to the things of the world to find hope and meaning. We have Jesus. Mm. He is our hope and meaning in the world. So therefore we need to come and have a biblical view of these things. So Ecclesiastes, the big point is uh, quite depressingly, uh, all of these things are vanity. It is like vapor in the air. It is here and then it is gone. But actually that doesn't leave us in hopelessness. It helps us to reorientate ourselves around Christ and to view the things of the world through the lens of Christ. But these things do not define us, but rather we're defined by Christ. But how do we navigate having these things or not having these things? How do we navigate having a job and possessions and homes and families and all these things? How do we navigate that in the context of this world? How do we navigate different topics? Like that? So I think Ecclesiastes might be up there. John's gospel, because we want to, um, we want to be reoriented around again, uh, the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. And, um, John's gospel has been on my heart for a number of years to, to preach and never quite felt the right time to do that. And I, I, I'd really, I think I'd also really like to, um, look at some of the minor prophets. I think there's a lot of kind of relevance in there to our culture and our day and age as well. Um, Micah has a lot to say for us today, I think. Uh, particularly, in, particularly in the world and the culture that's saying a lot of things like the church is oppressive to society because it doesn't budge or compromise on its biblical convictions mm. and that they are archaic and they need to be updated mm. and that we are oppressive. And actually, Michael talks about what actually oppression is and what it actually looks like uh, and actually leads to, leads to some stuff there. There's some good stuff in Haggai, I think, is quite relevant uh, to us as well. But we've only got... 52 weeks in the year. And that's why we need just one more thing to help us talk about some of these things that we can't always talk about on Sundays. Indeed. Indeed. Well, if you've got any questions on, on anything that you've heard in this, just come and grab us on a Sunday morning, grab us for coffee. Or if you're listening from afar, why not send an email through uh, to chris at cornerstonechurchworld.org. Uh, that's us for just one more thing this week. Uh, episode two is going to drop in two weeks time. We're going to make this a fortnightly thing uh, so that you can enjoy it on your commute to work or you're, you're walking around the house doing housework or whatever you might be doing. You'll be able to listen uh, and enjoy this. Why don't you subscribe if you've enjoyed this podcast today so as you can be notified as straight away as soon as the next episode goes live. Now we'll catch you soon for just one more thing. <laughs>